everybody. I'm Pastor AJ Houseman, and welcome to 10 Foot Pole, a podcast to dig deeper into aspects of the Bible that get glossed over or totally ignored in most preaching. The Bible has a lot of parts that are racy, uncomfortable, and sometimes downright horrifying. Let's talk about it. Welcome to season two, episode six, and happy new year. Um, I love, um, oh no, I'll let you introduce me. Oh, sorry. I can do that first. <clears throat> and our guest for whatever today you usually do is, uh, <laughs> Pastor Taylor Burdall from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And I like to talk, so I'm just jumping in long Jump before in. I was invited. I was just going to say like as a, as a repeat guest on this show, sort of, I guess it's my first time on 10 foot pole um, and avid fan. It's very fun to watch you uh, do the intro, you know, <laughs> Well, I keep saying I'm going to get to a point that I'm going to record it and I'm going to like the way I sound. And I'm just going to use that one every week rather than yeah. like re-saying it every week. Cause I don't think people know that. Like I say yeah. this every single one of my guests has to like sit there and stare at me awkwardly while yeah. I do that anyway i love the cadence like you've got it down it's good getting getting close to rhythm um i also almost accidentally say the old name of the podcast every time and then Mm. re-record and anyways happy new year happy new year we did it (sighs) y'all another apocalypse avoided for now (laughs) one of my favorite christmas songs says i made it through the year and i did not even collapse gotta say thank god for that i've never heard that before is that an iowa thing (laughs) No, it's a Christmas song. It's Byron Light K. Oh. Oh. Heard of them. Trying to remember what it's called. Anyways. Thank God. We made it. We did it. It's Honestly. 2023. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big deal. Can't believe it. Because, you know, you have COVID time, right? So, like, there are two years that just, at least mm-hmm. two years that don't exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, 2023 definitely feels like the future um, that I am not allowed to exist in yet but yet mm-hmm. here we are <laughs> right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well speaking of january here we are um we're gonna talk about uh baptism um, specifically for folks that are gonna end up going to church on january 8th most likely not always but most likely you're gonna hear about baptism of our lord sunday yep. um some folks might talk about epiphany which is january 6th um sometimes i would do that on sunday yeah my i mean that's what i often do it just kind of depends on the context what you know what's normal yeah yeah but baptism Mm -hmm. is a a fun thing uh for us to dive into so Mm -hmm. uh, first i'm going to read our our bible passage for today um is from the book of matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 17 is that right? And that's what you have in your notes? Glory to you, O Lord. There yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, he being John. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. 
And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I always want to say that last line in like the voice of Mufasa from uh, The Lion King. Simba, this is my son, the beloved. That's what it feels like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I, um, when I went on a Holy Lands trip, I read the Mark version of this uh, story, told it um, mm-hmm. at the River Jordan. And it was fun, especially because I was embodying the story to kind of imagine a maternal voice of God too, you know, um, because we don't know, we don't know what God's gendered voice sounds like. Right. And just kind of, um, yeah, anyways, uh, that, that's how it came out of, of me, of course, a a little bit differently, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. That might be better anyways. I always get like, I think as a, a a child growing up and the fact that like James Earl Jones is both Mufasa and Darth Vader just like really yeah. messes with yeah. my mind. Right. But somehow just because, you know, I get that association with the clouds that like that's yeah. God's yeah, 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 voice yeah. in my head. Not Morgan Freeman like most people. It's no, no, no. You need more like um like an Angela Lansbury voice or something. Yes. Like, this is my son. The beloved. Yeah, she'd be great. Oh, R.I.P. She just passed away recently. I know. I know. Anyways. <laughs> baptism. So last year, so this is uh, the baptism of our Lord Sunday is always the second Sunday after Christmas. And yeah, uh, last year I preached about baptizing cats. Uh-oh. <laughs> and they still let you be a pastor. <laughs> well... Right. So there is quite some philosophical debate that could happen there. And I towed the line really carefully because yeah, um, I believe that what was my last Sunday before I was on maternity leave. And so uh-huh. I didn't need someone to like blow a fuse and like right. call me while I'm in labor about <laughs> something um, sacrilegious that I had accidentally said. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. It is so it is a conundrum. So this is I was thinking about this is uh because I know we definitely talked about it in our Eucharist class, our communion class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we talked about like, you know, what what happens if like the mice eat the crumbs of the bread or whatever. Yeah, like what right. you know. And so like this goes to that, I don't know, same sort of thing, right? Like is it is it heresy to baptize a cat? Or also, mm. I want to reflect. I did this as a child, so like I don't. Right, right, right. You can argue about the efficacy of that any which way you want to, no matter what. Um, Just so we're clear, the Reverend AJ Houseman <laughs> has not baptized any <laughs> non-human creatures. Um, bishops everywhere, calm mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Since yeah, ordination, yeah. that is true. Since ordination, this has exactly. not happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. No, I mean, um, I, think, I like, was thinking about it a little bit, though, um, you know, because we talk about like the the gifts um, and the promise between, you know, sort of God being between God and all of creation. Mm-hmm, and if so, mm-hmm. is it a little, you know, narcissistic, anthropocentric, if you want to use a mm-hmm. fancy word, that means human centered, to think that only humans qualify in the benefits of this gift? Mm. yeah i mean Anyways, I, I, was I didn't talk about, about any this... of these things last year because i didn't want someone's head to explode but sure yeah well in a bible study recently um that was specifically about animal creatures uh and and jesus relationship with them that i was um participating with uh some congregation members recently we were talking a little bit about this and more about the vision of kind of 
the heavenly kingdom or kind of the beloved community that, that we're waiting and hoping and longing for and all those things. Um, and how, uh, how many times Jesus says, uh, well, here's, here's a way of thinking about the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, think of the sparrow, the sparrow doesn't know where they're going to lay their head or rest, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so how much more does God care for you? How much more does God love you? How much more will God take care of you? And so in thinking about that, we were talking about, you know, a vision of this kind of heavenly, um, heavenly vision that we experience on earth and, you know, in the next life, whatever, um, including God's, all of God's creatures gathered around, you know? And so there's some prof prophetic stuff from Isaiah about that, about the lion laying down with the lamb and all of that. And so, you know, I had some conversations with folks, um, afterwards who said, okay, we like, can't stop thinking about this. So like, I always thought that, you know, my dog can't go to heaven after he dies because dogs don't have souls and all that jazz. But, but now I'm like really thinking about that. And I just said, you know what, if, if, heaven wouldn't be heavenly for you without the presence of, of furry creatures. Like who are we to say that God can't make that happen? Right. Yeah, who I knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, I learned, um, as a child in 1995, mm -hmm. um, from Disney. Yes. And, that... uh, colors of the wind lyrics and Pocahontas. Uh -huh. You think you own whatever land you land on that. The mm -hmm. earth is just a dead thing you can claim, but mm -hmm. I know that every rock and tree and creature has a mm -hmm. life, has a spirit, has a name. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. And I would argue that probably lots of indigenous wisdom has taught us that long before Walt Disney was ever born or making movies. <laughs> also true. Also true. <laughs> if we, this if is we where I heard it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, same, same. But, uh, <laughs> but it goes back okay, to what so saying, though, right? Like, is it, is it limiting to think that this is mm -hmm. only about us? I mean, at the moment of Jesus' baptism, what descended on him? A dove, a yeah. pigeon, maybe, right? Like this was not, I, I think the realm of possibility is is as big as God is. And I'm not about to put God in a box. So um, never, never. Yeah. So Jesus gets baptized. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Cause like, why, right? Like, yeah. why does Jesus get baptized? What would be I mean, the point of that? And, and I think that it, it really like throws a lot of uh, preconceived notions about baptism for a loop. Like I grew up near, I grew up Lutheran. Um, I grew up near lots of Catholics and lots of Southern Baptists and just kind of various branches of that where, um, you know, their, their understandings of baptism are different from each other, mm. but both are really grounded in the idea that you must be baptized to be saved, which generally like being saved means um, almost like your ticket to heaven, you know, that in yeah. the afterlife, in the afterlife. Um, and if that is true and you know what, I'm not God, so perhaps it could be, then why did Jesus need to be baptized? Like, wasn't Jesus born with a ticket to heaven? And so that's kind of, uh, I think where it sort of gets a little, a little dicey. Right. Uh, well, it also just, you know, from a historical context, right? Like uh, baptism and what that would have meant in the context of what John the Baptist was doing, as well as other mm -hmm. purification rituals, um, you know, in the Jewish faith um, were, were different than what a modern, 
even medieval, um, a, a, what a Christian understanding of what a baptism is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me more about that. I don't know that I know a whole lot about what pre-Christian baptism really meant. So what John is saying is this is a baptism of repentance. And so it's like a, it's a purification um, ritual, right? So you are being, you're being washed, you're being purified of in this, in this instance. So it'd be like a a sin is what, you know, they're talking about. Um, But there are other ways, like you would do purification um, after an illness, you would do it, Mm. uh, women would do it monthly after their menstruations. Like all of this is like, it's ritual. Yeah, right? like there yeah. is ritual to this um, because in in that in that culture, there's a huge there's clean and unclean, right? And like, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a stark uh, dichotomy, and like you want to be clean, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you can't even go to church if if you're not clean. So, yeah, which, yeah, by the way, yeah. some of this did, does survive in certain sects of uh, of Christianity, specific there are like Eastern Orthodox churches where like mm-hmm. a woman's not permitted to go into the sanctuary of the church uh, while they're menstruating. Wow. Um, Cause you're not, you're not clean. Right. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and that really it. ups the job of an usher at the door. <laughs> Welcome to worship. <laughs> this is what I wonder. I'm like, who's, <laughs> who's checking? Do you, do you need a bulletin today? Yeah. Do you also need a tampon today? Because if you do, huh? you have to. Okay. Huh? <laughs> well, there are other uh, other ways too. So think about um, particularly religion, uh, sex like uh, Roman Catholicism that emphasizes mm-hmm. confession before you would take the sacrament yeah. of yeah. communion, right? Like, so there is still this surviving sort of uh, purification ritual. Baptism, I think, though, um, by and large, when Christians think of baptism, it's less about purification these days is this sort of like um, entering into the becoming a Christian or being Mm. saved, as Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. others might use language. I would say Mm -hmm. we're a Lutheran understanding, we'd say more, well, we would say part of it's becoming part of the body of Christ is what yeah um but there like it just depends on like your understanding of of baptism and because like Mm -hmm. this is sort of you know our example here is that jesus did it but then what really comes is when jesus says at the end of matthew you know go and Mm -hmm. baptize yeah all nations making disciples you know and i love i mean for me uh, in the way that i understand baptism baptism i really really love that and i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more um as we talk more about, you know, sort of why, especially Lutherans tend to think baptism is important. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I think about, uh, baptism and the sacraments as, as these tangible promises, you know, that, that, so let's, oh yeah, I'm interrupting. No, no, you're not interrupting. I'm about to interrupt you because you made me think that like, we should, maybe start lay, lay a little groundwork, right? Like yeah, what yeah. are even like sacraments and what, mm-hmm. uh, what do mm-hmm. we classify as them? Uh, Cause for instance, so uh, uh, I, the Lutheran, I have participated in baptisms um, and baptismal classes in both the Lutheran and the Episcopal church. Cause that's where um, I have uh, background uh, leading and in both a Lutheran and an Episcopal understanding, we have two sacraments um in contrast to like the roman catholic church which has seven sacraments um and so uh 
what we would classify as a sacrament is something that it is a promise and or command of Christ attached to an earthly element. Mm. Um, or another way to say it. So the book of common prayer says it is an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual grace. So these are, yeah. So this is, um, or Martin Luther would just say it is an earthly element attached to a heavenly promise. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we, we come down with these two. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how mm-hmm. I pass Lutheran confessions. This is the thing we remember. <laughs> um, Jesus said to do it. Right. <laughs> and it has uh, the earthly element. So yeah. and that is in holy baptism, that is water. Um, whereas in communion, it is bread and wine. So these are yeah. our, this is how we And that's how, that's how we narrow it down from those seven, mm-hmm. seven um, sacraments down to two. Cause we're really looking for those explicit commands in the Bible, you know, of, yeah. from Jesus to say, go do this. Um, and, and for me, you know, both, both sacraments, but we'll focus on baptism, like is such a necessary, like anchor for me in, um, you know, like uh, I understand my life of faith, certainly to be just a lifelong, you know, back and forth between faith and doubt and, uh, or maybe doubt and faith and, uh, faith and like deep trust, right. You know, it's, it's all, it's all wrapped in with each other. And so at those times when I feel alone, when I feel like God's not with me, when I'm not sure whether I've got this thing, right, whether I don't know if I'm going to be okay. Right. Uh, Jesus knows that, knows that feeling of can relate to that and offers these tangible things for me to go back to over and over again, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that I value weekly worship, uh, to be able to say, point, not just point to it and be reminded of it, but to dip my finger in the water, to feel the cool on my forehead, you know, make the sign of the cross, right. All of these things, um, be reminded in the shower, be reminded when I wash my hands, be reminded when I do all these things. And so, um, you know, it's that assurance of the promise that is there no matter what, um, for me, it's like, it's like a square, right. I know that, um, baptism is a way that Christ is with me for sure. Hmm. Salvation to me is like a rectangle. A rectangle can be a square. Salvation can be baptism. But I also believe that there is salvation if God wants there to be outside of baptism as well. And so I personally, as a pastor, I'm not concerned about someone dying before they've had the chance to get baptized. I'm not concerned about some of those things. I don't think that that's um, necessarily going to preclude them from uh, God's saving love. Because uh, once again, I'm not willing to put God in a box. And who am I to say that God's love isn't big enough for that? So well, so I said, it's a big, like it is a, it is a big, like sort of philosophical yeah, yeah, yeah. in there. The, the big what ifs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, you do draw on something. So when we, why did we do baptism? Cause um, so we say yeah. a little, like a little bit farther than John's like baptism for repentance right so this baptism is a baptism for the forgiveness of sins Mm. um that you uh again more martin luther language that you are being you know you're being language uh born again you're being made anew so Mm -hmm. this is you Mm -hmm. become a new creature in in this gift and i love that creature um and so when one thing that you touched about here that i think gets into a big like 
because Taylor people are going to ask, they're going to be like, well, how come some people baptize babies and some people are really against that and you have to be baptized when you're older. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, the conundrum here, you know, that I think it's, so we, we say it's, it's for the forgiveness of sins. And so Mm -hmm. at some point in time, people were waiting like almost to the end, right? Like try to get to the very end so that they can wash you right before you die and baptize you that you'll be freed from sin. Um, and then also at the same time, you know, um, babies, uh, get sick and, um, you know, uh, the infant mortality rate um, used to be a lot higher than it is now. Mm-hmm. Thankfully it's not anymore, but, you know, so people are like, well, they need to baptize babies, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can make sure that they're included in this gift. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, so there's, you know, sort of two fields of thought on this between infant and um, mm. well, I, I think there's a, the other the other sort of difference between or, or one of the ideas that differentiates, you know, motivations to baptize as infants versus as adults or, or older is um, there are lots of people who express quite a bit of skepticism um, about making a decision about baptism for somebody else, you know, the way that you do for a baby. Um, and so there's, there's some folks who are concerned about consent in that issue and saying like, are you choosing your child's religion for them uh, at, at such an early age that then they, you know, um, if you really believe that this is so binding, like what are, you know, where's their agency in that? Um, and then of course there's lots of, lots of people, you know, you tend to call sort of like born again Christians or whatever, who, who really feel it is, not a real baptism unless you as the baptized yourself have made the proper like commitment to Christ yourself prayed prayed that believer's prayer and and you know given your heart to Jesus your personal Lord and Savior before baptism that 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 there's something um you know that you you have to do I think it's more of that one than the former, which for the yeah. record, the former one, like I, as a pastor, almost hesitated baptizing my own child. Cause I was like, should this be like, yeah. you know, um, a consent thing. Um, but it's not, it's not so much that one. The theology actually supports the second one is because, um, you have to, it's the, like, you have to be able to, you know, uh, have, have reason and make a conscience choice to mm-hmm, do it, mm-hmm, um, that you mm-hmm. are, it's the age that like you're responsible for your own actions. Um, yeah. which is like, apparently the magical number of that is about 12 years old, <laughs> um, which there's some history to that too. That's also the, uh, the same age that someone, uh, that a person of Jewish faith would do a bar or bar mitzvah, mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. same sort of like taking that step to become yeah, an yeah. adult in the, the church. Right. Which is, you know, yeah. we have our own practices of that. We do, um, confirmation, which is the affirmation of baptism. So Taylor and I, like, while we may have been baptized as babies, we at that same age had to stand up and be like, yes, I recommit myself yeah. to these things. So um, right, that's right. how we kind of structure. But so mm-hmm. the arguments for and against infant baptism, mm-hmm. the arguments against it is that there is no explicit infant baptism in the New Testament. That there's not an, an explicit mm-hmm. that it says it right there. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and there's like examples. house baptisms or whatever, but yeah, so yeah, that is an argument for it. When they say, you know, like so and so and her entire household got baptized, yeah. we would read that to mean, oh, okay, so everyone, all the ages of all the people that lived in that household, all the way down to the mm-hmm, babies, mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not really, there's not, I don't think there's solid 
footing ground yeah. to to sit on um but it'd be different if the conversation was about consent and mm-hmm. i don't think that's what it's about i and, think that well, you yeah. and i are people that are like <laughs> want to make sure cuz cuz i also still feel that way like i i think that you know it it is a choice right yeah. and so but I don't think that's the actual conversation that's happening. The yeah. Between, yeah. Um, because um, the 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 Anabaptist movement is what is called. So they were anti-infant baptism is, is why they got called that. The Anabaptist movement, which progressed into what we know as modern day Baptists and Mennonites and a few others that are very explicit in practicing of baptism when someone yeah. is 12 or older. Um, it's, it's known as a credo baptism. It is a believer's baptism. And it's that idea that you have to explicitly profess and believe, um, before you can get baptized because Mm. here's the difference in, I think a fundamental shift of what we believe baptism does. Yeah. In this sort of believer's baptism, what you are doing, I want to find my exact words to make sure that like, say this right uh because of of what it means so they would describe it so it is a it is a covenant with god uh, but it is a contractual covenant where we would say a promised covenant a contractual Mm -hmm. covenant where yes you are receiving these gifts from god but in it you are professing to live in true obedience towards god and others with a blameless life yeah. So you yeah. are saying, once I enter into this promise, I will get God's gifts, mm-hmm. but I am agreeing to not sin anymore. Yeah. yeah. Which is. What a nice idea. Yeah. What a nice idea. That's a good way yeah. to. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I wish. I I wish. I on the pop, uh, podcast of like the difference of like, you know, like sins, like, yes, like there are things that you can do to like, obviously, you know, not hurt people, blah, 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 blah. But there's also like, there are structural sins or things that exist. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're just like, there's, there's sin of being a part of being human. And yeah. that this is an impossible sort of thing. Right. Right. So, I mean, I, I think about, and I don't want to take away the, the conversation about sin yeah. from some of the other episodes, but like, you know, the sin of sexism, for example, you know, I can have internalized sexism and it can be something that I, um, I am embodying and enacting towards other people. Right. I can have, I can have attitudes towards other people and be like, Oh, thank goodness. I'm not like other girls or, or, you know, having, having those kinds of things that are rooted in, and some sexist ideas about, um, what does or doesn't make, uh, you know, a woman or a girl or all of those kinds of things. Um, I can also be affected by sexism in the way that I move about the world and move about my life. And, and that is a power of sin working against me, you know, and in both, in both distinctions. So I can choose as much as I want to never be sexist again. Um, it doesn't mean it will never creep in into my, um, you know, inner being again. It doesn't mean that it won't ever affect me ever again. And, yeah. and that's just the reality of living in a broken world. doesn't mean that God's not part of it. doesn't mean that we're not sanctified. doesn't mean that this world isn't a beautiful place to live uh it just means that the powers of sin are still out there and so um you know uh you know I'm preaching to the choir here but i just yeah because it doesn't hard. it it's it doesn't work that way right like that's uh that's i like the way you said you're like that would be that would be nice like if yeah it, yeah it would be lovely uh-huh. uh, so i'll we, walk around with we, a we new were talk about 
uh, baptism, like what it does differently, yeah. right? So yes. for us, we would say, so it is, uh, you know, you're, you are receiving these, these promises, this, this gift of, of grace mm-hmm. from God. Um, and it's something that's being done to us. This is God giving us a promise. Yeah. Uh, not the other way around. Yeah. What baptism and- is, is God oh. is saying what? Well, I just want to stop you right there because in this story where Jesus is baptized, you know, there's, there's a lot of big deal stuff going on here. Jesus is not above receiving the gifts of grace. Mm -hmm. So how on earth are us mere humans supposed to be above receiving the gifts of grace through no doing of our own? Well, I don't think it's that you're above receiving it. It's the idea that you it's a, it's a contract, right? Like it's a, it's a give, it's a quid pro quo with God. Sure. Um, Yeah. 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 And and that's, you know, and, and there's a lot of Christianity that's, that's built that way um, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you're earning it. Um, Whereas, you know, we, we know, and we hear um, this is a free gift. You're not earning it. That's, that's the whole point, right? Um, That this is a one-way promise that God is coming to you in this promise. You're not doing anything to earn your baptism to get to God. Mm, mm-hmm. That's the language and the way that I have been taught and would and would utilize and would yep. teach as as a pastor for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And I I think too, I mean, especially as I have been formed um for this kind of ministry and and uh walked with families as they head towards baptism and stuff like that is um I I find the importance of baptism especially kind of like on this side of eternity, you know, in, in, in this life, um, one of the, one of the gifts of baptism is membership in the body of Christ. And I don't just, I don't mean that in the sense that like, okay, you're in, you're on, you know, it's not just like a now. Yeah. You're in the club now. Like you get to go to heaven now, like you're a Christian now, whatever. And, and those things are probably also true. Um, but for me, it's that, you know, you, here's this baby who has done nothing, or maybe it's a toddler. You know, some of my favorite baptisms post COVID especially have been toddlers who are like not really able to come in as infants. And so like just watching that interaction is so fun. Um, and, uh, here you are, you haven't done anything to deserve it except maybe like, you know, peed and pooped in the potty enough times, right? Like, all you are doing to receive baptism is showing up. And Mm -hmm. there's this whole group of people here who are making promises with God on your behalf to love you, to care for you, to work for justice and peace in the world so that you have a world to grow up in. Like that is so beautiful. And the communities of the faith that I have been a part of throughout my childhood and, and thankfully throughout most of adulthood too, have embodied that for me at all different stages of life, because it's the same promise we're making in all of these communities of people with people we've never met. We might never encounter that we're all in this together. And so there's a community care piece that is so lost in our like reality these days where there is so much like separation and distance between so many of us and like the online sphere can connect us. It can also disconnect us. All of those things, like having a community that's got your back is a big deal. And then there's the solidarity piece too. That's like, Hey, if there's some injustice and oppression happening, that is muddying the waters we're all swimming in we're all swimming in the same waters. So it's up to all of us to clean that up for each other. Right. Like, and, and not even that 
I'm affected when you're affected. And also it's the same baptismal waters that Jesus Christ himself is swimming in. Uh And so here we are all swimming in waters that are muddied by sin and we all suffer the effects eventually. And so we have this kind of solidarity uh, to each other in baptism as well um, that I take very seriously. Uh, And and I think that's such an important way to shape who we are. And and if that doesn't look like care, then we're missing something. Mm. That's right. I, so, I mean, to me, you also address like the way that we would, you know, we respond to our baptisms differently too. Mm-hmm. what we would say is, mm-hmm. so we have, as Taylor alluded to, we make uh, baptismal promises, um, not that this in any way, shape or form is a, like, you have to do this in order to receive the gift. It's not that kind of, yeah, problem. yeah, yeah. You, you make these, you know, afterwards, what you say is, you know, that I promise to live with, you know, God's faithful people and to, mm-hmm. you know, strive for justice and peace um, and do all of these things that we say, like, yeah, of course, that's what it means to to be a Christian, that we that because God loves us, we should do these other things for other people mm-hmm. or creation, it- you know, if you want to wrap yeah. For all of creation. Right. Yeah. Um, it, in baptism, I, I think across however we're thinking about it, right. If someone is being baptized in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit, and if God decides to show up, who am I to say that? Because I disagree with you theologically that it didn't count. Right. Yeah. But in baptism, no matter what happens, you know, the baptized person becomes part of something far bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And we can all use a little more of that. Well, so you also named something too about like um, accepting other baptisms, right? Like yeah. as Lutherans yeah. were like, great, we don't care who baptized you. It's good. Yeah. Uh, because it's not, it's not you that's doing it. It is not the uh, preacher who baptized you. It is God that's doing this. So mm-hmm. like God mm-hmm. can work in and through all of us and the holy water no matter who's saying the words or how old you are. So like, mm-hmm. we, that's what we would say is like, great, good for you. Um, mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there are other, you know, um, those that like have more of these strict rules of a believer's baptism, like would not find tailorized baptism valid. Sure. Yeah. Um, because we were infants and we did not make that choice though. Again, <laughs> let's talk about, so, um, so we have um, most I think all, I don't want to say all, but like, I think almost all denominations that do infant baptism also have some sort of corresponding confirmation, Mm. also known as affirmation of baptism. I believe so. So what happens is, is like you get baptized as an infant. One of the promises that your sponsors and parents are making is to raise you into church, to teach you the Bible and to teach you everything. That's the promise Mm -hmm. that they made. Um, when they brought you in to get baptized. And so then it's, you know, you get to this older age, like 13 or 14, because usually around eighth, ninth grade. Um, you go through this thing where you actually like talk about, you know, your baptismal promises, what that means, what it is. And then you get to make the choice to get confirmed and re affirm your baptism to say that, yes, I am now making my own choice that I agree with these things and I want to do this and I'm going to be this. And then you're, you're an affirmed, mm-hmm. this is now when you become quote unquote, an adult in mm-hmm. in the church in the mm-hmm. same way. So that yeah. stuff still happens. You just, we do the water part before. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and, uh, one because thing again, I love- we don't believe that like you have to do something to earn this gift from God because yeah, you can be as passive as a baby because you're not doing anything. God is doing all the work always. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at, um, you know, other milestone rituals in, in the life of a, a Lutheran, for example, they're all going to be really tied to that same kind of affirmation of baptism, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that comes from, you know, the, the first confirmation and anything after it, it all comes from this core belief we have um, in what we often call or what Luther called the priesthood of all believers, mm-hmm. um, which is that we're all called and, and we all have a calling, right? You know, Moana's calling was to be a voyager like her ancestors. Yes. I'm referring to another Disney movie about someone from a culture that is not my own. Um, my calling at this time in life is to be a pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are folks who are called to be excellent council presidents and God bless them for doing those jobs in our churches. And there are people who are called to be teachers in public schools for kids who absolutely need them. And God bless them for doing that work in our world. Right. And so, um, one of the things that I love so much about the confirmation service for young people is like this affirmation and ownership that like, yeah, I was baptized. I was chosen by God to be part of this like great big family. And here I am becoming myself. And at that time of life, when in other cultures, you might be doing a bar or bat mitzvah, where you might be having a quinceanera, when you might be having other things that can all go along with this stuff, it's you becoming more of yourself. And every time you do that, you are living out the promises of your baptism, you know, more and more fully. Um, And that can change throughout life, you know? Um, I, uh, I I really love like a coming out story and I really like it. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think there's like this affirmation of your baptism. There are some super cool stories about congregations who have used affirmation of baptism liturgies as like, um, you know, like, a, a affirming your new name, if you've chosen a name after transitioning genders, you know, yeah. um, and, and, and coming out. And, and if you, if you feel safe to celebrate that with your congregation and your community, like making that a part of things, um, So there's historical stuff to that too, um, that if someone were to have a a name change, um, say for instance, um, you are the second son of a Lord and Mm. your older brother dies. And then you now will essentially assume their name if it needs to be like Mm. so-and-so Alexander the third or the fourth or whatever, like, um, they would re-baptize you with your new name. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Um, I think, I think it's really special. I think it can be really meaningful to return to our baptism, especially in some of these kind of public and communal settings, um, at different transitions in life. Um, you know, we certainly do it with, with the big deal rituals that we think of like weddings and funerals and those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I am going through a divorce right now, as you know, and um, my mom is training to be a spiritual director and she has been working on for for school, um, writing a ritual for someone going through a divorce. I think she's Mm. a little bit has has a little bit personal motivation to (laughs) to be working on that. Um, Now, that's not something we typically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's a whole nother can of worms about how, you know, people would uh, 
Oh, sure. Talk about that. But I, I mean, I think it's great. I, you know, death yeah. and resurrection in our life yeah. and stuff that we are baptized into the gifts and promises of that. Yeah. I, you know, and, and changing jobs, right. Moving houses, all these things that uproot our whole lives um, in the same way that your life gets up. I mean, you know, I think it's quite appropriate. We start doing this around the age of puberty because it just every moment feels like your life is being uprooted when your hormones are in full swing like that. But, but, you know, there's things that happen in the lives of adults becoming a, you know, becoming an empty nester, you know, sending your kids off to college, all of yeah. those things. Um, you know, in, in my, in my, uh, dream life as a pastor, we would, we would have more and more of these kind of public, public rituals to reconnect us with that vocation that grounds us in who we are. I, I wonder, like, I think just as time has gone on, we become less and less ritualistic people in, yeah. uh, which is sad, like yeah. all the way down to, you know, I was speaking with one of my cousins recently who is, is kind of struggling with sort of holiday family rituals and yeah. yeah. that, um, those are changing for a lot of people. I know my yeah. family holiday ritual has changed significantly since, since I was a child. Right. And so I yeah. think, right. I don't know. There's just, I think overall, maybe we yeah. can use a little bit more ritual in our lives. Well, you know, what made me, uh, really reflect on that most recently, um, was when the new black Panther movie came out a couple, oh, couple months yet. ago. Yeah. Black Panther. Wakanda forever. Don't go to movies. I know. I know you don't have time for these kinds of things, but, um, you know, um, it does a it does a really excellent job of mourning, uh, you know, the f- former Black Panther, who of course was played by Chad Chadwick Boseman, um, who, the actor who died in real life, um, and explores what it's going to be like for new leadership to come around. And so his younger sister Shuri is is in a lot of ways the main character of the movie. And if you remember from the first movie, um, sorry for all the non Marvel fans who have like s- just skip ahead like sixty seconds. Um, <laughs> she's always been kind of embodied more of this sort of like Gen Z, like fashion and connection yeah. to technology and just like generally ha- it has kind of that more modern um, personality in the, in the series. Um, and so as she's thinking about uh, the future of Wakanda, and even as she is going through the funeral process for her brother, she's like, really resistant to the ritual components of it. Mm. So the movie ends up exploring that quite a bit. Um, and, and I just made me really think about like some of that generational, um, difference in how we value ritual or don't value ritual. And so, um, you know, perhaps I'm like just barely on the cusp of, of being a millennial. If I had been born, you know, six months later, I could be, (laughs) could be Gen Z, but I, I very much, um, have, have, identified with a lot of millennial stuff. And so thinking about my own kind of bias with that and and wanting to be open to what's meaningful for folks coming next without just pointing my finger at the lawn and going like, you need to go to church or whatever, (laughs) because it's not that, but I I do want, I do think it's important to be um, connected to communities, especially in the transitions we face in life. Yeah. And, and I think through ritual, especially, I I think about, you said something that made me think a lot about um, funerals um, and, I know we reflect about this with Pastor Carl a little bit about, um, Mm. you know, just sort of, especially since COVID time, the amount of funerals that Mm. um, people like Taylor and I end up um, presiding at. And um, can I tell you out of in the year 2020, all the funerals I presided at, I had actually only met one of the people that had that had died. 
Um, and that's, and that's a crazy thing. Um, but uh, quite often I would end up at these funerals where this person, you know, doesn't go to church, hadn't gone to church in years and years and years. Um, but as soon as they die, they still want this ritual, right? Like they want someone to pray, um, Mm -hmm. and to acknowledge that they are being received by God. Um, you know, even if their entire life, yeah, they didn't participate in this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, to me, it's just interesting when we think about uh, ritual and, yeah. you know, I think about, so the practice of not getting your kids baptized is becoming more and more common. Yeah. Um, I'm at an age where I have a lot of friends with very small children. Yeah. Yeah. Very few of them are actually baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and part of that, I think what you alluded to, I think that there are more in our generation that are thinking more about consent in a way that, you know, yeah. uh, didn't happen before. Um, but I wonder, you know, when we get to at what point in time in people's lives, mm. do they stop and be like, there's something here that's important. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things like when you, you don't need God until you do. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. is it, I mean, I never, I don't think it's too late, but you yeah. know, some m- might say that, uh, yeah. or, you know, it's just, it's. Well, what I would say is I, what I would say is, you know, uh, if your friends with kids never baptize their children, uh, fine. God is with them no matter what, you know, um, and if something awful happens or even if something great happens and they need a community to celebrate with or mourn with or support them through things like it is a lot, it is a lot easier and simpler to have that community support when it's been established, you know, already than when you're like going through all of that at the same time, not impossible, just, just harder, you know? And so yeah. I think that's, you know, um, and that's okay. Right. Like God shows up for us in all those different ways. Um, and that's, um, we, we will, we will be found. Uh, and I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I do too. Um, I was thinking like the relationship with, you know, with God again, like God's always going to show up, but, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. Hmm. And I, I, I think, uh, one of the, one of the great promises to the world is that that comes to us through Jesus is this exact sentence from the gospel lesson that we're talking about to each and every one of us god saying this is my child mm-hmm. my beloved mm-hmm. i am pleased with you mm-hmm. and we all get to hear that even if we don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a key piece. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's, like, when you think about, like, Jesus getting baptized and going mm-hmm. through this thing, it's so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still think of, like, well, why? Was it just, like... <laughs> I don't know. I read some stuff about, like, if it was Jesus was sort of preparing well, that Jesus had to receive the Holy spirit this way in order to do ministry, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe sort of the, the prep work there maybe, or mm. um, if you look at it from like a, this sort of like, you know, cleansing 
did he need to be cleansed in order to mm. you know um receive this gift or start ministry yeah, yeah yeah i mean i i would say i i do not believe that jesus needed to be cleansed in order to do ministry i also don't believe that we need to be entirely cleansed to do god's work in the world you know, well, God I was calls just thinking about like a, a, the, that's maybe what they would have thought though, in a ritualistic sure. sort of sense about yeah. um, clean and unclean. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Like in the historical context, um, I don't know the way I think about it now with my, you know, theological bias looking back, it's like, uh, how, like, how great is it? That Jesus also needed that grounding moment to go back to throughout mm like what he was called to do in his life. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether it is uh, that assurance from God of who you are at your core or assurance like that from, you know, parents or, or chosen family who, who showed you love for the first time um, that like assurance of who you are can be so grounding, especially when, things get hard and not sure which way to turn. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I also from just like a, a purely um, like literature standpoint of thinking about the sure. audience of, of these authors too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yours is the good answer. That's the preaching answer. I'm about to. Can uh, you tell I'm like, like preaching every Sunday as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I was giving you the preaching answer, the pastor answer. <laughs> I'm going to give you the reading this like a book answer. Um, right. So these authors are writing for a specific audience, right? And totally. part of it, um, and as we know, Matthew really likes to put an emphasis on prophecy being fulfilled mm -hmm. through Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so part of this is, so the audience, this is like that yeah. moment that the audience gets that double check of like, I want you to make it very, very clear that that this is who that is. Yeah, like there to be no mistake that this, right. that Jesus is this this one that's the Messiah that has come. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, I mean, uh, as a repeat callback to our you know Marvel fan listeners, like there's so many of those little Easter eggs throughout Marvel movies that make you go, oh, like this is gonna be the thing that we yeah, were waiting yeah. for, right? It's it's yeah, it's just like that, but two thousand years ago and a little bit a little bit less exciting. <laughs> I don't know. I think that would have been pretty exciting. Like if, if this, like, if you were standing there and you're like, what, what's Wait, happening? I don't understand. The voice in Why the is wilderness. James Earl Jones <gasps> talking to us <gasps> out of the sky. I knew there was a reason I stayed after the credits. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's it. So totally the after credit scene. Because it is. I mean, think about it. If it's setting up for like the next movie. Right. This, movie this two is, boom yeah. jesus starts in the wilderness he's stumbling around he's showing his flat i'm 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 gonna stop now this is no it's fine go. you're adding to i talk a lot about uh bible fan fiction because that's basically what pastors do all the time is uh true write, write bible fan yeah fiction. midrash aka <laughs> bible fan fiction i love it yeah all right Taylor, bible itself big... is bible fan fiction this is a great example this is yeah. matthew writing fan fiction about isaiah right yes <clears throat> that's true too okay big question okay we, first of all i just want to acknowledge um that baptism is a weird practice and that mm -hmm. like um we do things i mean there's just a lot of ritualistic things that uh we do and not just christians i think every you yeah. know every religion culture has them that like to an outsider 
is really weird. Um, And I think that this is one of them. You're saying, oh, you... We we have to either splash you with some water or like dunk you in a tub yeah. to get into your club. Mm-hmm. That's a strange one. Um, I mean, I was, but- I was reflecting on this recently um, as I was staring at my Christmas tree, and I was like, "Who came up with this? This is something mm-hmm. we ritualistically do every year. We go mm-hmm. outside, chop mm-hmm. down a tree, bring it into our house, and put lights and decorations on it yeah. for a month, and then we throw it mm-hmm. away." Yeah. Yeah. That's a really um, weird thing to like just like right looking at that from an outsider you'd be like what why are these people cutting down trees is, and bringing them inside this? for a month yeah i don't understand why are they taking the evergreen tree and killing it early like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um who Especially came in places up where they're them? not native right like you're like what yeah. what is they're yeah. importing dead trees uh-huh uh-huh i mean Anyways. I, I I think my argument is going to be I prefer the weirdo ritual of baptism to the weirdo ritual of gender reveals at baby showers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, no hate. Same, I know. It's a big I deal. listen to my one of my uh, favorite comedians has a, a podcast and she sometimes does these segment of like gender reveals gone wrong. Um, yeah. And like find stories from all over the world. Like there's one guy they like we're doing it like they had a hang glider come through with the gender reveal and like yeah. he died like it yeah. was like and there's some people like they do the little cannons and they blow up and people die yeah. and it like or burn their houses down it's like this is yeah well and so here's the thing that i do love about baptism and it's very similar to what i love about communion is that it is an ordinary thing that we do you know we wash our hands we take baths like mm-hmm. we go swimming we have to get clean and adding a prayer component into that um inviting god into that space god choosing to come into a space as like ordinary as that that will be needed throughout all time is so cool same well, with eating i, meal, I like think that that's a key piece to it so like you mm-hmm. know when we talk about like you know that jesus said to do it and it is connected to an earthly yeah. element and that's the, the the key thing like what you just said is ordinary that this isn't mm-hmm. something that's supposed to be only mm-hmm. for special people only right. if you can afford it right only if you know this is like it's it's ordinary for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it is so incredibly offensively ordinary mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. attach, you know, something that's so special and so significant to such yeah. an ordinary thing. Um, mm-hmm. because that uh, it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Which I God love wants to make this gift accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why it there doesn't it require, you know, any special materials. Nope. But things that are earthly and ordinary and commonplace. Yep. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. But here's the real, the real question. Okay. Um, Sprinkle the pouring versus full submersion. <laughs> I sprinkle. I, I do splash on the, on the forehead. We'll yeah. splash. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe take the seashell and. Yeah, I, I, yes, we have a shell at the at my church, so so that helps. Yeah, mm-hmm. the seashell yeah. that we use, I actually found on the beach. Nice. Oh, great! I love that. So, but this is the thing too. Like, if you're unfamiliar, for those that are not pastors, didn't go to seminary, and are out there maybe listening and thinking about the different baptism practices, because we know Christians have vastly different baptism mm-hmm. uh, practices. 
Mm -hmm. Um, this, this is a big one too. Like, I think the two biggest things that like people you want to fight over in baptism is, uh, infant versus age of reason and, um, sprinkle versus full submersion. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually found a really, really, um, it it's informed, but it's very snarky, um, (laughs) article about this in a, uh, in a Catholic, uh, blog post thing um uh it's really good actually um that pretty much says like i mean from our perspective as well as like a roman catholic perspective both are totally fine um but for those that might like make argue that like the sprinkle is not fine this is like (laughs) a great case for why that's actually maybe the better thing that we should be doing (laughs) um it's good anyways um Yeah, you should link that in the show notes. The schnotes. The schnotes. You know, I think Uh, like when I think about what the symbols symbolize, you know, the splashing, the pouring is a little bit more of the like washing sins away kind of kind of vibe. And then the uh, the full immersion is more like the drowning the sin kind of vibe, which I, you know, I can connect with both. And I think that that, yeah, gets to the essence of what both both different parties may feel about those things as well. Um, This article really emphasized the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that it is uh, that is a pouring that you are poured. uh, You know, that's the language that we hear in the Bible is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And so like, if that's what we're indeed doing, um, you know, you're being anointed into this body to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, that would make sense Mm. to do pouring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. also some uh, quotes from like uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel talks about um, uh, sprinkle, yeah. um, and you know, and and we have our story here. Like we don't get language of whether or not Jesus had been fully submerged, submerged or not. That's true. Yeah. Um, people argue that like the word baptizo, which is the Greek word here is immersion only. Um, but sometimes it also just means like washing up, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is the, it's, it's being cleaned. Um, and that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean full submersion, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, and which we get later, um, in Jesus speech when, um, he goes to, this is in John actually. So I'm, in, I'm inserting cross, cross gospel okay, okay. issues here i just wanted i wanted to point that out in case there's any passage to be like that's the different gospel i do know that <laughs> um but say for instance we we mesh them all together like we have a really good tendency to do um sure. later when jesus is washing their you know goes to wash their feet um mm-hmm. and you know peter's like no, no no lord you need to wash if you're gonna if you're gonna do it you have to wash all of me and he's yeah. like you don't need that you you only need you know for those yeah. that bathe, you don't need all of you to be cleaned, right? This is the only part that's yeah. dirty. So I don't know. So it can go both ways in that right. argument. Um, again, yeah, yeah. from a perspective of we think that God is the one doing the work here. I think God can do it with a little bit of water or a lot of bit of water. Because mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think that's, you know, if, you know, if this is- I'll, I'll go back to my water. like heresy here and say- I thought you were going to go back to Marvel. So I wanted to hear that again. Oh, oh, well, I could, but, um, uh, you know, I think God can do it with a little bit of water. I think God can do that with a lot of bit of water. I also think God can do that with zero water. You know, who am I to say that God cannot come to There's us? moisture in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'll just be, I just, I hope to be remembered forever, um, in this way. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that you're advocating for baptism by humidity. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a good argument for my curls, but. 
but I'll I was go gonna say it. my curly yeah. really curly. I was just about to make comment. You have very curly hair. Is this okay. really like this is like, okay? This you know, there's worse things than big hair. I love it. <laughs> Anyways, everybody go out and um sprinkle your cats. Mm-hmm. Um just this do is it. what we're saying. Yep. Yeah, this is 100 percent what we're saying. Just do it three times yeah. in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That that part mm-hmm. most people mm-hmm. find important. You gotta do it mm-hmm. for all three. Yep. Yep. Um <laughs> Or you could just meow the whole time. That's that is the language of the cats. So right, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, unless you're fluent, though, who knows what you really are saying? That's true. No speaking of tongues without the interpretation of tongues. So that's that's a good point that we have talked about that too. Yeah, I know you I have. I know you. Have. you. <laughs> just being an asshole. Uh, uh, well, you know what? This was a real joy. Thanks for this thanks was. for inviting me on here. Thank you so much and talking about our fun, fun. Um, stuff that we have here yes uh just a, a little bit of updates um just that there is uh definitely merch that you can purchase if you would like to i i put like the last episode i said maybe because like depending on where i'm at in recording and what the treasurer has said on the other end i don't necessarily know but now i do it's 100 there are things um just so you know these are just for for fun yes it does in a very small way, financially support the podcast, but mostly um, it's it's about fun and promotion and for you to be able to support um, and share the podcast um, with others around you. So please do that. Um, and you can find all of that and learn more at 10footpolepodcast.com and find us on Facebook at Instagram on 10footpolepodcast and also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and they'll send you nice little notifications when new episodes come out. Isn't that nice? Perfect. Well, thanks, Taylor, for joining us, Um, and we will talk to you all next week. And as a reminder, the 10-Foot Pole Podcast is a ministry of the Delaware, Maryland Synod. You can learn more by going to demdsynod.org. Take care, everyone.